Have you ever met one of those people who just can't be stopped? It's like they're unstoppable. Yeah, I have. Me too. What's their mystique? Nothing stops these people. Welcome to Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso. You're about to meet some of the most amazing people. They've accomplished their goals despite insurmountable odds. They beat adversity, physical hardship, and traumatic events, and emerged triumphantly. They're people just like you and me, and they're winners. Are you unstoppable? Here's Frankie to show you how. And welcome to Mission Unstoppable. Ha! I know that you guys are all unstoppable. You've been listening a long time. You know how to do it. But today, I have another unstoppable guest with me. Her name is Amy Bovard, and she is an avid international traveler. She's visited over 30 countries, many of which where she taught English as a second language. She's been to Latin America, the Far East, and the Middle East, and we'll discuss a little bit more of those countries that she actually visited. Um, At the age of 28, though, Amy was diagnosed with a dual disability, retinitis pigmentosa, a degenerative eye disease resulting in blindness, and its rare companion, Usher's syndrome, which is the leading cause of deaf and blindness. So Amy is a lover of languages, and her BA was in English, teaching English as a foreign language, no surprise. She later earned a master's degree in bicultural bilingual studies from the University of Texas in San Antonio, and if that wasn't enough, she added a language teaching certificate from Cambridge University in London, England. In 2016, Amy was distinguished with a Medal of Literature for her book, Mobility Matters, Stepping Out in Faith from her alma mater, Ohio Valley University, where she actually received her BA. So today she's an avid blogger and inspirational speaker and author. Her other books include Kane Confessions, The Lighter Side to Mobility, and Seeking Solace, Finding Joy After Loss. Welcome to the show, Amy. Oh, thank you. It's wonderful to be here. You know, I'm, I imagine it was a little bit of a surprise. Even though you love languages, did you ever in your wildest of dreams think that you would be learning the language of Braille? Never. Never. <laughs> but the champion in you took it on. I did. How I was did. it for you to learn that? Was it difficult? Well, you know, I had an interest, so that was the first thing. And then after I started practicing it, I kind of got excited about it. And I wanted to, even before I learned words, I wanted to do like poetry. Oh, <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, so I, I started doing that, and then I went back, and I started to to read a lot more, uh, to, do, to do, like, lessons with the Bureau of Blindness and Visual Services, and then and go through the books, book one, book two, working on contractions, which is not like isn't or, or didn't. It's like letters, which make words. Oh, okay. Okay, so it's a puzzle. Yes, it is. That's the way it felt. Yes. Yeah, yeah, fun though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little bit of fun. Okay, so I, I, you know, Mission Unstoppable. I like to go back to the very beginning where people, you know, start their life and we learn about them and see how they were, you know, where they where they became unstoppable. If you've always been an unstoppable person, um, I know that you know you were active and and you love language and you like to go. So little girl, little Amy, uh, what did little Amy play with? And what did she think she wanted to be when she grew up? Well, really, I, I, I wrote. That's, that's one of the things I did the most. And I, it, in high school, 
in my senior year, when everybody was having like recess or lunch period, I started to write a, a book about a song uh, based on a song. So I gave up my, my free period. So I think I was just kind of always more introvert, introverted mm -hmm. and enjoying uh, those kinds of things like cats and, and just pets. Yeah. Yeah. So what, so you rode and you, and, and you know, you, you like to hang by yourself and, and communicate with the animals and stuff. So what made you think, Oh, I'm going to be a teacher and I'm going to teach language. <laughs> well, you see, that was, that was the interesting part. When I went to, uh, to college, I went to West Virginia where I didn't know anybody. So I started to become a little bit more outgoing. And then I went to Oklahoma because the first two, the first college was a two year college at that time. And so I went to Oklahoma, which across the US, and I fell in love with this teaching English as a foreign language. It was, uh, I, I did something, a, a project in linguistics. And at the same time, I traveled to Brazil and I said, oh, this is my career. This is what I want to do. And I, the, the teaching part, was the vehicle but I didn't see myself as a teacher because I was I was so quiet and timid but I said I have to do this because otherwise how am I going to get to these these places that I love so much now uh, was that the first time you'd, you'd been out of the country yes Brazil, Brazil was the first country yes. you went to visit I went, and, um, and Spanish was the first language that you wanted that you learned for yourself yes. yeah mm -hmm. and what other languages are in your toolbox well okay so in Brazil is Portuguese. I, right. I studied for, uh, I don't know, three or four months, just a couple times a week. And I studied Bahasa Indonesia, which is modern Malay for when I went to Indonesia to live. And I studied Japanese, Arabic, uh, and well, Egyptian Arabic, which is different from the Gulf Arabic. So the vocabulary is different. It's kind of like British English versus American English. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. yeah okay. Really so, okay. Portuguese, a little harder than Spanish. Japanese yeah. is not that hard. Um, but I, I'm assuming that, that the Arabic was, was a little difficult because it's so different. Yeah. You, you don't have a reference for it, right? And, and the, um, what was the other one again? Sorry. Um, saying, yeah, that would have been a little Indonesian. bit difficult. Indonesian, yeah. that would have been a little difficult too. Yeah, but you know, it was actually easier because the grammar elements were less. And so, for example, if you say, um, ladies and gentlemen, ibu, ibu, bapak, bapak, ladies, gentlemen. Okay. So you just, you just say double. Yes. So it was actually not as difficult as Japanese or say Arabic. Right. Yeah. And, and what about reading Arabic? That seems a little, the Cerulean, I mean, the, the, that language is very difficult. Yeah, the diacriticals, like that for, same with Japanese, for the children helped, helped me. And then you have to put the vowels in yourself. So you have to really kind of, I, I studied with like comic books. Okay. When I started to learn. And of course, at that time I was married to an Egyptian, so he helped me. Okay. Okay. I was going to ask you because I, you know, I hadn't realized that you had been married before. I, I was looking at your speaking topics and I go, wait a second, that didn't come up anywhere. <laughs> and I'm very sorry that you lost a baby, but when did you find time to get married? Well, I was, hmm, that was probably right around 90, my gosh, how can I not remember this? It was, uh, I got married in 93. 
Okay. And I left Taiwan and he said, well, come on, let's just get married. You and met I, him in, in, in Taiwan? Well, when I left Taiwan, I stopped over in the United States. Okay. Uh, in Antonio, where I lived at the time. And then I went, headed straight for Egypt and we got married in Egypt. And you met him in Egypt or you met him in the U.S.? I met him in the U.S., but I taught in Egypt and that's right. how I got to know him. Okay. Okay. So you met him here first, then you went to Egypt and you got to know him a little bit more and you met his family there and, yeah. then, and then you got married. And yeah. how long did that last for? Uh, well, probably officially five years, but the friendship continued on. Okay. That's nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And is, that's not the, the man in your book though, is it? That you keep referring to? Your no. Friend? no. No. Okay. And where did you meet that friend? I met him through the, my mobility instructor. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's the one that where I met in, in the first book the, from Iraq. Is that the one you're referring to? Um, I, I think he was Spanish. I think this gentleman is Spanish. He lived in South America. I'm trying to remember. You, you, you would call him all the time with your problems. <laughs> oh, that's Julio. Yeah, Julio. There we go. <laughs> yes, yes. We are friends today. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, he's quite the sparring partner. <laughs> That's funny. So you've known him, it sounded like you knew him for a long time, that he knew you well. I did. I, I met him in Indonesia, yes. Oh, okay. The same school. Yeah, okay. Same, uh, school for international training, yeah. So it must have been difficult, you know, after traveling for everywhere and being so independent and going here and there to to be back home. And um, you live you live with your mom now, I think, yes. and your brother. That's right. Well, my, my mother's passed away, but oh, I'm sorry. my brother, mm -hmm. your brother. Yeah. And it was difficult because part of me was happy to be back home and to be my mother's companion mm -hmm. and to help out in the house. So that part was really good. The part that was not so good was I was used to international food. I was used to uh, being having things accessible, getting places uh, through buses and taxis. And all of a sudden I had to depend on other people to drive. And it, it was, uh, and even, even walking, like I remember uh, thinking, you know, because you have to be fast to cross the street in some of the places. I yeah. Lived. Yeah. 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 So I remember uh, like just going to the library or something. And so I, I stopped the car, you know, I mean, like I wanted to, so, cause I was going to go fast and they waved and I was like, Oh, Oh, Oh my God. <laughs> it was such a cultural shock. Yeah. But just to see them wave at me and people wave at me and I don't even know who they are. <laughs> small town. That it was a really big change. Mm -hmm. So the, oh, we got a comment here. I'm just going to check it out here. Sorry. I'm going from screen to screen and I, I, I I'm sorry. Let's see. Uh, Linda Toss says, hi, Frankie and Amy. <laughs> hi, Linda. Hi. She, she really, she felt so bad that she thought she missed the show last week, but we were not last week, we're on this week <laughs> with, with Amy. And she, Linda has an uh, amazing announcement. Uh, and I'm going to say it, Linda, she got three paintings in an art gallery and Linda is legally blind as well. So how amazing is that? Yeah. yeah. So kudos to you, girl. <laughs> I think that's pretty exciting. Um, okay, so what is Erie like for international foods? I know in, I live in Toronto and or near Toronto anyway, and there's probably at least 93 different ethnic types of restaurants that we could go and eat at. 
Well, there are, there are a couple. There is sort of a um, trying to think we, a, like a Greek restaurant there, and then there was an Arab one for a while. So it comes in and out, and, yeah. and uh, there there are Chinese restaurants. Of course, yeah. There was Japanese. That's that's pretty much the extent of it. So Indian, and no Indian. There might be one Indian. Uh, it was there was one. There wasn't one. There, it might be back by now, but it's not really. Uh, a center yeah, of for yeah. I guess there might be places like you can get Polish food or places to get you know in, in different uh different what do you call them like uh like they uh they meet and they have uh um like shish kebab kind yeah of thing. or yeah at, in, or two day events or, you can get that food right oh yeah like at a at a uh, I know what you mean like a carnival type of thing that yeah, they yeah, host yeah yeah but really, there's not, I would, comparison to being in uh, the United Arab Emirates, where I could just go one place, there's Indian food, one place there's uh, Lebanese food. Oh, such a wonderful array. Yes. Of different. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I really love international food. I love international film. So it's it's really exciting when you can when you can get get that. And what they consider, you know, Japanese or, or, or Chinese or it's not really, it's not really, but I, I love Thai food. Thai is probably my favorite food. I don't know, but we'll mm-hmm. see. <laughs> and, and your favorite would be? Oh my gosh. Um, mm, well, I guess I probably like, I, I like Greek, I think. Greek food? Yeah. Yeah. Because there's such a, 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 a well, what's not to like about garlic and lemon? <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's just fantastic and oregano. Yeah. Um, okay. So you were 28 when when you when all of this started to happen to you—the retinitis pigmentosa and the Usher syndrome. Did you know that you were going deaf? You were going your vision. No, that was later. You know what happened was they told me that I I would lose my vision, but they didn't know when or how because it was different for everyone. And so I didn't know when I went to, I, I was between jobs in Costa Rica and in Indonesia. I had just been offered this wonderful job and I was between the, the two and I was supposed to leave in a couple of weeks for Indonesia. And so I didn't know what to do at that point. I'm like, should I, should I go to Indonesia or should I, if I'm losing my vision, what, what, what if I get hit by a car, you know? So in the end I decided I'm, if I'm going to go blind, I'm going to go blind here or there. It's, you know, God is going to take care of me wherever I go. So I just decided to go ahead with it. But the first day that I went there was a very, very long trip. And I stopped in Singapore and I had, uh, had a, some, get some problems. I had to get some problems squared away with my visa. And so it was about two and a half days after I started, after I started set out on my travel. And they took me to the school. There was a lot. It was in the city in Kota, what they call Kota. And I was up. I, there were like 18 steps or something to get up to the top. I was right at the one right before the top step. And maybe my heel got caught on that step. And I fell down each one. Oh, my I, goodness. No. I said, oh, is today the day I'm going blind? <laughs> so that was the first thing that goes into my mind is my brand new job. Yes. And I thought, oh. 
but it was just embarrassing. I mean, I, I, sure. did. I didn't lose, I didn't lose my vision that day. It was so gradual that I was able to keep adapting. So. And were you wearing glasses for a while? Like, did you, did it help or you didn't? It doesn't really help. You know, it doesn't help. What it is, it's your peripheral vision narrowing into this tunnel vision. So right. I guess it probably helps at night. It helped me more at night which was the worst of my problem. But as far as acuity, I don't think there was really any change. Yeah. So a little scary diagnosis, you know, obviously you're sitting there going, is it today the day? Is today the day? When's the day? Right? <laughs> and you were trying not to let it affect your life. That's right. Mm -hmm. But I mean, there came a day when it did affect your life. Yeah. And you were, you seemed embarrassed to tell people that you were, that this was happening to you. Yeah, yeah. I felt what like was the embarrassment? I mean, you were teaching class and you, you couldn't hear your students and you couldn't see your students. Like, what was the embarrassment? Like, why couldn't you just say, hey, guys, you know what? I really, I got this problem. Well, because I, I guess, and maybe a lot of people feel this way with when they're losing their vision, that, it, that they are at fault somehow or, or it's a, a weakness on their part. So I felt if I just disguised it, then I would still seem professional and uh, in control of myself. I wanted to control my environment. I didn't want to be like, sometimes I feel as if I am, uh, I am, there's nothing stable around me. So I wanted to be in control of everything. And I, I was, you know, I was far along in my career and I was starting two new jobs. So I needed to be in control and I needed to have the, the, the authority. And I thought that reduced my authority. Yeah. Even so, though everyone seemed to know, but me. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, if that had happened to somebody else, would you have thought they didn't have authority? Wouldn't you have thought they, wow, how cool are they standing up there teaching? Yeah. And they've got all these, you know, these, these, these obstacles to overcome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that's really the message yeah. today, isn't it? I mean, yeah, you true. can overcome Yes. anything really if you set your mind to it yes. and and the kids seemed like once you were honest with them they really did seem to, to open up and go yeah that's okay we do anyway yes yes that's the yes that's the whole thing they were like well why didn't you tell us you know and you know here I was trying to hide it with them when I saw the basketball players I'm like oh and, and my mobility instructor's like yeah I'm helping Amy find her way around the environment I'm like oh gosh, now it's going to be on the news. You know, I was so, so um, worried about that. Yeah. It, just, yeah. it made, yeah, it made me real to the students and they, they started everything fit in the puzzle, like why I was doing certain things. Yeah. So she's not just clumsy. She, she really can't see. So who was it? I can't remember now who it's been a while since I read your book. Cause you were supposed to come on a month ago, but who was it that, that said, you know what, you should contact the Institute for the blind or, or they, you know, let, let's work with a cane or who was it that first said that to you? The first person was, oh, it's so amazing. Cause I, I told you, I live in this small town and I have an eye doctors just like a quarter mile from my house. That's the only place. And I didn't have to have a ride. So I went there. This man was so kind and interesting, and I can't believe God put him in my path. So he said, you need to talk to this person and this person. You need to go there now. I, I call them on your behalf, and you need to follow up. And I did. And so when I call, and just the word Bureau of Blindness, 
transmission yeah. services was so scary. And I was just like, Bib. Oh. <laughs> she said, you need to talk with this mobility instructor. I'm like, I'm going to talk to any mobility instructor. <laughs> with, as soon as she said white cane, I'm like, no way. She doesn't understand. I'm not like, I'm, I'm just. I'm not, I'm not really blind. I'm yeah. not that person. Yeah. That's right. That's kind of funny. I, th- I was actually, I giggled actually in that part because you're like, you kept avoiding the guy who's like knocking on your door. Uh, hello, I'm here to, you know, help you learn how to, you know, walk with a cane. You're like, mm, I'm not home. <laughs> I'm here. Tell him I'm not around. Yeah. That was funny. <laughs> Yeah. But it was kind of fun because, you know, he took you out. So he take Dan was his name in the book. I don't know if it was his real name. But anyway, he came, he comes and, he, and he's a big guy. It sounded like he was a big guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A- and he he takes you out and he blindfolds you. Yeah. A little counterintuitive. But I guess, you know, if you went all the way, you got to figure it out. So don't rely on anything other than your, the hearing, which was already diminished. Yes. So did you have a hearing aid at that time? Um, I did at, at, when we first started that. Yes. Because that had been like six months from when I first started with the Bureau of Blindness. So sure. yeah, I had them at that point. Yeah. And so what was that like? You know, tell us what that was like for, you know, if you're a newbie and, and they're contacting you and they're going, okay, we want to teach you how to use a cane. Yeah. What was it about? The, why, why you love animals? Why didn't you get a dog? Well, I wasn't. Uh, quote unquote that bad <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know, okay. Like, that's like for other people you know who are way way down the line and um and so I guess it's part, still part of that avoidance mm-hmm. and for me um, because it signifies to other people that's the big thing that you are blind and you did so not in, want anyone to know you were blind yeah because it's like how society views uh, those with vision loss or blindness is it's it's changing, but it's still and and, and it's a lot of our own perception is that sure. with blindness we can do less. We we are more dependent on other people, and that's true. We are more dependent in some ways, but in other ways, wow! I am so blown away by everything that I've seen my colleagues do, and you just have to get the tools to do it. But at that time, I thought, oh. People are going to think that I just can't, I do, can't do this or this or that. And, you know, I, it's just a whole mindset you have to get over. You have to get past that of that I'm, I'm not quote as much as much or as, uh, in, you know, it's, it's just a fear, the fear of how we're going to be perceived. But don't you think that society is like that with everybody, whatever, inflection you have or or i mean I, I i need a new hip so i've been using a cane and i'm like sometimes i'm so embarrassed that i want to use my cane and i want people to know i can't walk but you know you're limping like an idiot so use the yeah. damn cane right like it's not yeah. like they can't tell right but it makes me feel old or or something but you know what i mean it's, but people will stare you're fat you're this you're that people stare at everything so you're never going to please them all. And you don't need to please them all because who are they to please in your life? You don't even know them, right? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, there's a, my, I, I had a friend from San Antonio and she said, she wrote to me one time, don't be vain, use your cane. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> and I love these rhyming words or something. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. And, and, and I think the more I got accustomed to it, I, it, it was this, like, you know, like I told you the tunnel vision, right? Yeah. 
it's the same thing with the cane. The more you become familiar with it, then the less you see people looking at you, you know, and the more power that it gives you, really. Yeah. It, it's such the a... The more proficient you are at it, people don't even really notice it. Yeah, that's, that's so true, you know. And sometimes we just, we just kind of joggle each other on the, on the road, you know. They're like, move over. You know, <laughs> you know it's like it becomes so commonplace. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. they don't even notice that I'm using the cane. They just notice I'm taking up more space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, okay. So tell us about the, you know, when, when Dan took you out around town and, and. Uh... Okay. So, well, there were a couple of times, but the very first time when we went on my, the, we went into the next city over, I was completely blindfolded and really kind of frightened because this whole street where I lived my entire life suddenly became unfamiliar. and. So we're walking single file, I'm leading, and we get to a place where I hear this beeping sound. And I'm like, what's that beeping sound? Where's that vehicle? Are they going to hit me? Is, is, am I going to walk into it? Are they going to back into me? Are they gonna, not going to see me? And he's just like, you're okay, me. You're okay. Just keep walking. They're nowhere near you. I'm like, how does he know that? He's blind. Yeah. He can't see anything. And it was so amazing when I found out that, okay, we crossed the bridge. It was a footbridge, a wooden footbridge into the next town over. And I said, oh, I know where we are. I know where we are. And I could hear the train. There was a, like a, a, a train and then there was the elementary school kids. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. I know where we are. And I said, we got to turn around because they're going to let out the kids. And, and then he wouldn't let me take off my sleep chase. He wouldn't let them take me off, take them off. Finally, I said, can I take them off? He said, yes, you can take them off. We were right back at my house. <laughs> how could he know that? Yeah. So that's, that was such a message to me because when I took them off and I said, oh, I'm in your world and you're in mine. And he said, no, Amy, there's only one world. You see it with your, sometimes you see it with your vision when you can. Sometimes you see it non-visually. What? That was my very first um idea that I'm going to succeed because uh -huh. it was it, like, a moment for you. Yeah. It isn't two different worlds, which right. is what so many people think, including me. And, uh, and it's one and you just use the tools that you have. So that yeah. was pretty exciting. I, th I think crossing a road is a little scary only, only because people will run a red light They'll run those, those crosswalks, you know? And, and so I, I guess, you're hearing that, but it sounded like he could hear it if a car wasn't going to slow down or, or because well, you know it's it it the light the changing, truck. right? Yeah. yeah. It was a garbage truck. Uh, okay. And, uh, and it was backing up to pick up the garbage. Cause you know, it, it, not every community has it, but our community has, has where it, it beeps the countdown. So if you can't see, if you're hearing impaired, it beeps for you that there's a red light or that you can go yeah. now and yes. that kind of thing. Right. Uh -huh. Yeah. 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 yeah, and we don't have that yet, but I have been in places where they do have that, and it's really, really nice. Yeah. So, okay, your vision is going, your hearing is going, everything's going, and and you you're getting trained, and it's exciting, and now they want you to teach. And you hesitated yeah. there too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. What was that hesitation about? Okay. Well, that was when I, okay, when was that? That was when I was, um, when, when was that? When I was teaching at 
you were still teaching, I think, at the school. You're teaching Spanish. I think yeah. you had a private Spanish student at level three, and you were teaching at the school, the younger kids. Not young kids, but I guess high school kids made me sound like they're oh, high school. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was awful. Uh, I think part of it was um, behavior. <laughs> part of it was feeling less confident <laughs> with, with the students. And uh, almost all the students I had worked with, with uh, uh, um I'm trying to think. Is that was that in the first book when I was when I was teaching the? It was in Mobility Matters, I think, and and it was. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, it was when I had the private student. One, one you had the private student, but then but then the the institute said, why don't you be a be a a, a Dan, like be a Bob or whatever his name was, and teach blind people. Oh yeah, I don't know. Maybe I. Oh, okay. That was before I went to Louisiana. Okay, well. I just thought that would, that might limit who I could teach, you know? And I was like, could I really teach them? Oh, could I teach mobility? Oh, wow. I'm really bad at directions. You know, mm. so I had that kind of doubt in there. And, mm. but he didn't have any doubt at all with me. He thought that I could do perfectly. I could do that really well. And I was like, oh, could I? Can I? So there was a couple of schools that you could choose from. One sounded like a little bit better than the other. Yes. Louisiana. Yeah. The Louisiana school. Okay. So, you, the, the other one was right near home and you could stay home and, and kind of go. I think mom kind of preferred that one. Yeah. And then the, the Louisiana was more in depth, more training, yeah. better, more expensive, maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you had, if there was a fee involved. I think there was a fee involved, but it, you could have got it kind of covered. Yes. The, the thing with the school in Louisiana, first of all, it was my mobility instructor who by this time I just like, he, this guy walks on water and he it was his alma mater and he uh he recommended it mm -hmm. and i liked the idea of woodworking it was really challenging and mount uh, scaling like uh climbing this rocks and stuff. i just thought it sounded adventuresome mm -hmm. whereas this other place which was closer to my house didn't have that okay and so i i kind of was going for the adventure as well Right. And leaning towards that, which is sort of my favorite. Because you'd be just like a superhero if you graduated from the other one. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, but it turned out that the, that the one that I chose was exactly the right one, it was closer to my family. And I could, if they had any problems, I could be home to help them. And, and the people that I met were so nice. And it was really a good place for me to go. Okay. So you, what, what happened? You graduated from there? Yeah, well, we just, it, it was only a, a short training program. It was about three weeks. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then and you started, like then you taught other people who were in the position that you were just newly. Yeah. I didn't end up teaching them. No. Oh, you never did. Oh, nope. Okay. No. If I had gone to Louisiana, I probably would have. But right, right. So then what happened? We don't know what happened to you. <laughs> I went back to my job and I, I taught the next, the next year. I taught it for a couple more years. Okay. Yeah. And then you started your, your speaking. Yeah, so my speaking. speaking, yeah. Yeah, I think after a couple of years, this one, one of my schools closed down. So that I went full-time to the other school. But I, that's when I was starting to say that, that I was very comfortable. I was in charge of the English as a second language department. But some of the students that I had coming to the United States, their perspective was a little bit different. And right. they, they were qu not quite so malleable <laughs> you know they they like 
all of the students I had that were Asian were uh, extremely respectful. And some of these students were like, eh, I don't want to go to class. Uh, we don't want to listen. And I'm like, these are not real Asian students. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and I was, I was, I w at this time I was still dealing with a lot of the, the fallout with my vision and my hearing. And I thought, oh, maybe I'm just losing, I'm losing my credibility. And I don't know. I started going through this weird period. So I thought I'm going to, and, and plus I wasn't being comfort, you know, I had a master's degree and I was only teaching part-time. It was kind of just not all good, you know? So I said, what I'm going to do, I'm going to be happy in my life and I'm going to write. So that was my career change. Okay. And you, you went to Toastmasters too, I think. Yes. Yes, I did. It's a wonderful group. Yes. Okay. So that was good because, you know, as an introvert, which you wouldn't really know today, um, that probably helped bring, bring you out of your shell a little bit. Yeah. You started the public speaking. So where are you going? Are you, are you traveling with your public speaking now? Well, I, I, I aim to go to do that. I want to go. I, part of the National Federation of the Blind. And I would love to go and be a speaker there. That's one of my goals. Um, I, and I do speak frequently at different places. I'm working with the Cleveland Sight Center. I talked to them and they, they told me that I was, quote unquote, very well-spoken. <laughs> that was exciting. And uh, uh, I think I'm just more and more confident with my message. But, but I got to tell you a funny story. Uh, you know, the, my hearing is always there and I'm always afraid I'm not going to hear right I'm gonna, I have to lean in and what if they ask me a question I can't I can't hear it what am I going to do so I always have this 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 uh fear of especially um of anyway being being able to answer something and I had a, a workman come to the house because our washing machine went was was not working right and it turned out I it was an easy fix and he could do it and I thought, wow, he, he he knew my father and he knew my mother. So he said, oh yeah, I've been to this house before. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I know your parents. So wow, it was like a blessing. And we were in the living room. I was writing the check, and I said, do you hear that sound? Something's wrong with our light. Can you look at it? And I was like, the light was blinking, you know. And I'd taken out the light bulb, and I still heard it. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. It was every five minutes. I said, I think our, I think our light is going to blow up or something. There's a some kind of electrical failure. So, I, so here's this guy who, who fixes uh, appliances. And he's older like my father. So I said, he will know what the problem is. So he loosened and he said, I think that's the sound when you get a message. And I said, what kind of message would, this, would a lamp give? <laughs> I'm like, I'm listening to the lamp. And I, he said, there it is again. And he said, yeah, I think that's the kind of sound you hear when a message comes in. Message. And just then I looked down at the end table and I saw this little cell phone, my brother's cell phone. Uh... This had been... Um, going off making the sound <laughs> in the middle of the night for every five minutes oh my goodness I did not know it was coming from a cell phone I could hardly see it was it was like a one it looked like one of the remotes he noticed this and I did not and I just thought that is so funny I am like so much for being part of the modern generation <laughs> so at some of my, my my father's age knew that was the sound coming from a cell phone and I right. and everybody's beep is different too right I mean you can 
manage that in, in all kinds of different ways. Um, I have a question. Um, how difficult do you find it traveling now? That's another thing. And I just got back from a travel, so uh, that's a good question. Wow. The problem is sometimes, uh, so it's new. If you're, I'm traveling with someone else, it's new for everybody. Right. They forget that. That you don't see. They don't forget that I can't see in the dark. Ah, uh, okay. Things like, although, so for example, Florida is called the Sunshine State. There is so much darkness there. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm going in and out of light, in and out, and there's videos going on, like with any kind of tourist attraction. Mm -hmm. And if you want to go to a nice restaurant, it's, it's dark, you know? And so I, now I started carrying this little flashlight, but sometimes I forget that I need that flashlight. And so I'm listening to, for example, my brother's voice. I'm like, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? And he's walking fast because he, he's forgetting that I can't see because most of the time I'm very, uh, I can adapt and I just keep up. But when there's dim light, it's harder. So and I imagine when there's bright sunlight, you have harsher shadows. So yes, going yes. in and out from the shadow to the yeah. bright light. Absolutely. Part the adjustment. And yeah. So, you know, sometimes I, I bump my head or whatever and I'm like, I have to remind people. And it's a really, I just wrote a story about that. It's really important lesson to be honest with everybody. What mm -hmm. you need. Mm -hmm. The other thing is when I'm traveling, those, the people in, uh, when you go through the x-ray, they just don't know what to do with me. They, sometimes they, they, they like, uh, kind of guide me like with their hands. Like, a, like if I'm really completely blind, then I'm not going to see their hands. Right. Sometimes they hold my hand like I'm a four year old. Sometimes they, uh, I mean, it's just, they just don't know what to do with me. <laughs> sometimes they tell me to take off my shoes. Sometimes they say, Oh, it's okay. You don't have to do that. So, you know, so I'm, I feel like I'm, a quandary for them. Like I'm this unknown entity and they have to handle me with kids gloves and, and I have enough vision I could see, but they, when I tell them that they, they just ignore it. <laughs> so that's always, uh, that's always an quote unquote adventure for me. Right. Right. And, and you see, I have that same adventure in a different way because I have so much hardware in my body that the machines go off, they beep. And then it's like, they have to find some woman because a man can't do it to pat me down to make yeah, sure it's yeah. not guns or knives or whatever that's yeah. beeping. You know, you have to yeah. get the spread eagle. I go, I, I call it my free massage because you have to, you know, you just have to play a game, right? Yeah. Otherwise it's just very annoying, <laughs> but yeah. they have to do it. They have to do it. So everybody has their own trials, you know, that they, they, they go through in, the, in their own lane. I think. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Cool. yeah. Yeah. You know, so you went to Florida. Yeah. Mm hmm but have you have you been anywhere um exotic since, well, since the diagnosis i went to the caribbean a couple oh, of years ago okay nice quite the adventure i went with a um a high school friend and her husband and they were <laughs> that what was interesting is they would they would tell me everything that's going on you know they'd say oh so and so's looking at you and and, and i had a, by this time i'd already that wasn't a, it I didn't even notice it anymore, but they noticed it. So I kind of went through their, I could see myself through their eyes. And it was yeah. really interesting. And they gave you a play-by-play. -play. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um, it was yeah, entertaining. But, you know, because of how people respond to me. And then how do I respond to their response? You know, right. how do I deal with this? And yeah, it was really, it was a good experience. Wow, that's fun. And was that a cruise or you just went and stayed at a cruise? It was yeah. a cruise. A cruise must be kind of easy as a vacation. Yes, yes, yes it is. 
it's yeah. because you, everything is yeah you're kind of right there and um I have climbed some some uh, mountains and uh, that has been a challenge but I've always have someone to kind of help me so I kind of lean on them if there's a you know a high a high where I have to you know climb and I'm not quite I don't <laughs> and have the balance they help me so I yeah okay I not let it stop me now I noticed that you've done a, a, a revamp of your website yes amybovere.com mm-hmm. yes and it looks great beautiful and you're in your blog you're you're now focusing on other people so you're highlighting other people yeah tell mm-hmm. me about how are you finding them well, uh, my support group, uh, so I, anytime, you know, when someone posts something that is a little bit out of the ordinary, I just, I read it and I say, wow, they are just, they are really thriving with this. They are going places. So I think that they're a positive example of someone with vision loss. So I want to highlight what they've done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And your disease is, is um, hereditary. Mm-hmm. Does your brother have anything? No. no, no, I'm the only one in the family. Yeah the only one they don't quite know where it's come from uh, they can't trace it some people it, uh, there are uh, you know uh, uh, a margin of people who have this it's hereditary but they can't track where it came from right right yeah I knew a family where all five brothers had it yes. oh, really? yeah. yeah that's pretty crazy I yeah. imagine yeah well, can you imagine, like, as a mother, you'd feel, oh, my God, I feel awful. <laughs> I gave it to all my kids. But who knows if it came from her or him or, you know, which line it came down, right? Right. Well, for the, what the doctor said for my parents, it was one in 100,000 that they would each have it as a recessive gene so that it would come out. It's still a recessive gene for me, but it comes out as, as a pronoun that I have it. Yeah. So what's, what's exciting coming up for you? Wow. This, well, right now I'm working on four different books. Wow. And, uh, I'm doing the last one in my, my mobility series, Second Sight, More Life Lessons in Mobility. So that's exciting. That's going to come out in October. I'm working on my dad's book. He passed away about um, 13 years ago, and I've been working on it, working on it. And it's a collection of stories of things that he has done. I am also working on a devotional book about my nieces and uh, just – life lessons with them that's real positive and I'm that's called uh um tea parties and water parks oh cute (laughs) and then the last one is a book on Ecuador when I first started noticing that I couldn't see in the dark and all the adventures that I had there so all of those I'm hoping come out this year so I know that in the book you were talking about uh Michu Picchu did you go I didn't yet, but that's still on the the horizon. I will go. Linda Todd, you go to Machu Picchu with with uh, <laughs> with Amy Bovard. I can see you doing that. I, I laughed at, at Linda because her parents, um, she was legally blind, and her parents gave her a four wheeler. And I said, "Are they trying to kill you? Like, are, are you, do they not love you or something?" But it was kind of funny. I was just joking. They do yeah. love her. Yeah, mm-hmm. but she's very adventurous, so I think and- that's pretty exciting. We are also putting together a tour for of um, like a group of vision impaired authors, and we're it's like seven days of encouragement in in Erie, Pennsylvania, in October. Oh, that's so it's, fun! Uh, yeah, it starts out in my writing group, and we're going to speak about 
podcasts and and uh, and, and memoir writing and then humor and memoir writing and then anyway so it's like for uh, seven different nights and we have there's a group of uh, like people coming from Houston one guy is coming from England so I'm putting this together it's really exciting. that's exciting yeah yeah um, and people probably want to know this how you can't see very well. So how do you write? What do you type on? Is there a teleprompter? Like what, how do, how do you, how do you type and how do you read my emails? Yes, I do. Uh, I have something called from the last time zoom text, which makes it larger yeah. and everything larger. It was at that time. It was like being in the land of the lost where everything is giant, like dinosaurs. And uh, now it's, it's be, being repaired and uh, like smaller in size. Uh, so I have a special computer. I have a special software. <coughs> I have something that reads what I have uh, on the screen. And, and then I use also the accessibility features for Windows. So though, all of those things help me. Right. Yeah. And so if somebody was, was going newly blind, I mean, it sounds like there's all kinds of um, things that you can use that, that they have available to you to, to read or hear or whatever, right? Now, is it, is it expensive? Do they give it to you? Do they loan it to you? Like how, how expensive is it for you to outfit yourself with what you need? Okay. So for example, the last computer, the computer that I'm waiting for now is $1,600. The Bureau of Blindness has stepped in and they are going to to cover that for me. That's awesome. I mean, it cost me $1,600 for my computer. It's just, it's such a blessing. And I've been working with them for quite some time and in getting this and, and doing different things. And, and so that's the result. And I'm also getting a digital recorder. They're helping me with that. Uh, they, they do help. The, the, the money is state, comes from the state. Yeah. And, uh, so like, for example, uh, with the computer, I have to, you know, be using it for like three years. And then after three years, it becomes mine. So it's really theirs until that point. Okay. So it's kind of borrowed until I, I passed so much time. But the last one they, they gave me in 2008, it lasted me for four or five years. And it was just such a huge blessing, you know. So I'm, I really, I feel that that's a, a good resource. Um, and that the, they also help provide the, the, the white cane. And, and there's, they also provided something called the CCTV, which makes things larger. Uh-huh. And there's one that it's up like uh, uh, the, the aid nowadays is uh, you can take it in your purse. And uh, so, okay. So if you go to the library, you can research whatever you can make the background a different color and enlarges it all kinds of things. You can yep. use menus even. And I use it in my writing group, my critique group, when I read other people's writing and I put it across the, the screen and, and I can follow with the writing. So, there's so many things. Some of them, it, it's the onus is on the person to to receive. But right. other, uh, there are other ways to get them, you know. And if you know the right channel, and you know, so you you. Do are you books. using anything like like Alexa or Google to help you around the house? Like, just Alexa, tell me what my weather is today. Tell me what this is. Turn that on. Don't do that. You know. Oh <laughs> uh, no, no. I just I use Google, and they tell. Well, I, my, with my phone, yes, uh, and, and, but I just learned a better way how to do the GPS thing, and it wasn't with Siri talking. I mean, I just have to uh, program it in 
I don't have to say, Siri, take me to such and such a place, right? Right. And, and uh, so I found that so magnificent. It can even go, you can connect your phone to the car, like a newer car, and it can go on the, the front panel. And it's like, it's, uh, I don't know, car map or something like that. And so your phone is connected there and it tells you what to do. <gasps> wow, it's so exciting. And you know? what about walking? Can it do it for you as you're walking? Yes, it helps me with my walking. It helps in my own neighborhood. I had to use it. <laughs> I get yeah. once it gets dark, I just don't know where I am. So yeah, yeah. I tell. I found that out by mistake, by chance, that I can tell my my phone to take me to such and such an address. Yeah. So you got GPS in your phone, and I just wanted to just say that um, because you know you're in the United States, but we're in Canada here. And Linda was just saying that there's some financial help in Canada, but not nothing is free by any means. So I'm. I don't know if you know you just got really lucky with, with your one agency or not, but it sounds like things are, are, are uh, pretty, pretty good for you guys down there. <laughs> yes. I, I think it's a big blessing. The, um, it was a three year thing to get this. It right. Three years. So it's not fast. Right. Uh, I think that it connecting with, uh, and, and really working, like I worked really hard on my part, you know, to, 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 I wrote a business plan and all these different things, you know? Okay. So, like you, everybody has to do their own part. And I think it's finding the right agency for some people provide things, some people, other people provide, you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you feel like you wish that you had owned up to this a little bit earlier? Yeah. 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 I do. I think because you're so much confidence is robbed when you when you don't and then when you realize oh that wasn't such a big deal you know don't you think that that's like that for lots of things in life yeah it's like we just go oh my god oh, and then you go hey wait a minute that wasn't so bad <laughs> yeah, yeah, like freak out and then and then once you start and it's all just in that adapting mode you know yeah. just saying, this is going to help me this is a tool you know yeah yeah uh, but, but but making that transition is like so frightening you know it's just, even like with my hearing, every, I, I, I last, when I found out I lost more hearing, I was like, I can't live my life like this. How am I going to live my life like this? What am I going to do? But, you know, I just, that, that's hey, to San Antonio. <laughs> and, you know, my friend said, oh, come on, let's go there. You know, because I was so stressed out about losing more hearing. So I think every time we face change, we have to say, okay, what, are, what can we do to make it better? And right. Instead of just saying, Oh my gosh, this is my life. This is my life. This is my life. Oh no, what am I going to do? You know, it's so easy to, um, to fall back on that. Just like that panic. Yeah. Yeah. So, you panic uh, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the obstacles, you know, it, it's, it is true that the obstacles as you overcome them, they make you stronger and, and wiser. And, uh, and I, I, again, like there's so many people I, even when I have my challenges during the day and I go, I think, Oh, well, wait, there's other people that have it worse. Like, yeah. you know, and I know that when my dad lost his hearing, he became very isolated for a while. Cause he didn't want to wear a hearing aid. He was like, you know, vain and, and, and like, you know, like that. Uh, but now today those hearing aids are just like a thin little, it looks like your hair. I mean, they're so yeah. thin, like you can't even see them and they're amazing. Um, and he's back in the game of life again. Like he didn't care. He didn't want to listen to the conversation. He couldn't hear the conversation. Everything was mumbling of people around at an event, right? 
And, and, and I understand, I saw how he just kind of was just taking steps back and back and, and being isolated. And then once, you know, he was encouraged to get the hearing aid, he's back in the game. He's all vibrant. He's all in the conversation. You know, things are new and different again. So it does make such a difference if you're w- willing to engage yourself and, and take, use those tools. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. And yeah. I, I think it does make a huge difference too. It's just the way that you look at something. Like right. how old were you when, you know, when, when this was first going on? 28. And then, but really when, um, like when the cane was presented, how old were you then? I was 40. I was, uh, no, I was uh, 52 or something like that. Oh, you're already in your fifties then. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, maybe late forties. And I was just like, Oh, I felt like I was, because I couldn't hear, and I couldn't see. I felt I fit right in at church because my, you're a senior like, citizen. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> you know. Only old people go to church at your house. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I really fit in well with that group because I can totally relate to all their challenges. Yeah. That's so funny. But I mean, because I could see it if, you know, in your 30s, it would be embarrassing. But yeah. in your 50s, you're kind of like, eh, who cares? Yeah. 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 Oh, I don't know. I guess, it, I guess it doesn't matter really your age. Like, were you looking for a guy? Were you looking to date again? Were you looking? That's another adventure. <laughs> 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 when to tell that person. Yes. That's, yeah. you know, because, it, and the other part is, if you see me, you don't know that my vision appeared because I don't have any quote, and quote telltale signs and uh and so you know sometimes people feel like tricked or something you know uh, and, okay. like especially in the dating situation mm-hmm. and you know it's always like one of you know my friends like well you got to tell them I'm like I'm not telling them <laughs> well, until they meet me and you know and then and then they see if they like me or not then I'll tell them you know but yeah it's a little late, Amy. You got to tell them. <laughs> yeah, you got to kind of tell them up front. Big adventure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I hear you. It, it is because you want them to. Hey, you know what? Like that's just some, just another part of me. Like I don't know why that has to be the thing that comes first, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Like why the affirmity has to be first in in line instead of say, hey, you know what? I've got I have a cavity. You want to hear about it? You know, or whatever, right? Something yeah. silly. Yeah, yeah they can learn about you if they're interested in you. I get yeah, that. That's what I, I feel. Get that. Yeah. No, I, I get that. I get that. So where did you come up? Um, we only got a couple of minutes left. Can you believe it? Where did you come up with your speaking topics? So you've got, they're pretty diverse. Yes. Um, well, because I've traveled a lot, so I've got all these cultural stories that I just love to share. And so that's where cultural mania came up. And then, uh, and you know, in my own culture clashes, when this isn't happening in one place and this is completely opposite and whatever. And then because I worked on the missionary field and I, I, I kind of, uh, did some, you know, like I didn't, I just got distracted and with different with travel and this. And so then I could see where if you were on the mission field and you really wanted to see other people and, you know, like I could see that some of the problems. So that's how that came up. And, when I, when I, when I talk to children, they always say, you're not blind. Look, you know, uh, and they, come on, tell us the truth. And they don't really believe me. So uh, then I, t- I talk about this and I have a thing about canes that I, that I, I, a little video that I made for kids and just to kind of show that it's okay. And, and 
so I just, I guess they uh, evolved from my own experiences. Have you, have you worked with any children who are blind? I've worked with a couple and it's, it's really interesting because when, when I see them come out of their shell and get excited, then I say, Oh, now I know how my mobility instructor felt when, and so that's, that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. And I also have done a lot of education with my own nieces and they're like, like, and Amy, can't you tell the difference between a dog and the rug? <laughs> you know, and then, then I say, oh, she doesn't really, my, like my littlest niece, she doesn't really see that I... You don't see. Yeah, that I don't see. And so then I have to talk to them about that, the difference. You have to, you have, to have that handy recorder when those things come out, because those are great. <laughs> great things to write about. <laughs> can you tell the difference yeah, between a rug and a dog? I know. It's, there's always a topic to write about. That's the thing. There's, yeah. all, there's something going on all the time, you know, and it's like, Oh, I didn't think about that. Oh, I didn't. Need that. Oh, I really need to share this with people because th this is going to happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So is your, is your audience mostly sight people with, with, with sight impaired? Yes. Um, I think it's a mixture. I okay. have a very diverse audience. I have Christian. I have, uh, sight impaired. I have inspirational people that want to hear stories. I have my high school classmates. Um, so I just have this big diverse of people with hearing problems. And it's really wonderful. Uh, just the people that I connect with mm -hmm. and, and who, who have different mobility issues and they, they're like, yeah, you, you get it. Even though it's not a cane, it's a wheelchair or something. Right. Yeah, so it's really interesting. I have been so, so, so blessed with the people that I've met and, and learned from, you know, and exchanged ideas with. Well, it's been great uh, hanging out with you today. It's been lots of fun. And I just want to reiterate that, uh, just give me a second here, that your books, again, um, if people want to get them, they are on Amazon. And you've got... Um, uh, let's see here. Sorry, guys. So you've got Cain Confessions, The Lighter Side of Mobility, yes. and A Devotional Seeking Solace, Finding Joy After Loss. And then you're the one that you won the award for, um, which which was your uh, Mobility Matter, Stepping Out in Faith. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and you've sales that you got four more on the horizon that people can look forward to to receiving. So good for you. Congratulations on those. I hope that goes well. And uh, best of luck in your future. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes. And uh, my books are all on my website as well. Okay. AmyBovere.com. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, great. Amy, again, all the best to you. And Facebook, we are going to say goodbye to you. Okay. And we're going to say goodbye, I guess, again, and, and take us over to, to oh, here. Thank you. I'm so glad.